You are listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, with Blake and Lawson. And I've got some text messages to read after we have our quiz question for the day. Well, this is number four, right? Yes. Or, wait, I'm really bad at counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're up to Well, yeah, I'm, looks like I'm good at counting. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Number four. According to Amos, the day of the Lord will be like a man fleeing a lion only to meet up with what? Ooh. This is such an epic analogy. I can't wait to give the answer to this. This is like the most e- epic, awesome analogy ever. According to Amos, the day of the Lord will be like a man fleeing a lion only to meet up with a what? Oh, yes. I- that is the number to call or text <laughs> if you know the answer. In fact, we were talking about this animal earlier in the show. That's another... Sneaky clue. Um, And if you know the answer, you'll go into the draw to win Advent and Advent for Kids. Amazing December devotionals you can work your way through during the month of Advent, you know, celebrating the birth of Jesus. Again, the number is 0491-064-669. According to Amos, the day of the Lord will be like a man fleeing a lion only to meet up with what? Mm. We got some text messages here. Uh, I'm talking about animals. America spends more money bag emoji money on dog emoji dog grooming than they spend on NASA. Wow. So combing and then he says combing dogs is more important than science. Yep. Wow. That's a wild thought. Science is out there. Dogs are here. Fair enough. Beat that logic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what, what are the techniques? Boom, mic drop. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm, Show's over. <laughs> I am dropping facts right now. I'm dropping bombs. Here's another one. Uh, it's uh, when my brain light bulb needs replacing, I go to Jesus. Amen. He always brightens up my day. Oh, I like that one actually a lot too. That's, that's good. Mm. And then finally here we've got another text. It is very blatant that it is being held in the Sinai Peninsula. And a key topic is the universal Ten Commandments, which have nothing to do with God mm. and a lot to do with self. Excellent text coming in there. I believe he's talking about COP27, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. It's in the uh, Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. Yeah, so it's such a wild thing what's happening. Just everywhere in the world, it, like little things are happening all the time that just kind of give us an indication and a clue. Things are not the way that they once were. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I there maybe if you're listening right now on Faith FM, the world is just different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time where you know we could run outside with like kids could ride bikes, they could go and do things at school, and now we have to worry about you know stranger danger. Now there's crazy stuff that going on in the world because the world is just an absolutely crazy yeah. place. Like it's not as simple. Life is not as simple as it once was, and yeah. now all this information. Is constantly bombarding us. I mean, we have, I just want to say, like, maybe take an information diet. You know, don't always consume everything that you see and hear all the time. But, like, be selective about what you listen to. Obviously, we'd love you to listen to Faith FM. Mm. But be selective about what you put in your ears, what you put in your mind. Like, not allowing the anxiety of the media, like, octopus to just Mm. get its tentacles inside of you and just control your fears and to make you afraid of going outside and enjoying the sunshine and spending time with friends and family and 
really making making an effort to have that deeper relationship with God and building the community of faith. So I just I hear all this stuff and sometimes I just don't want to get caught up in all the conspiracy. Like yeah. get newsflash. There's a conspiracy. Mm. There's a guy named Satan. He hates you. He hates mm. everyone and he's trying to kill you because you are created in the image of God. Your identity is what matters. And so because your identity is a child of God, Satan is your enemy and he mm. wants to destroy you. Just like he wanted to destroy Christ, but that backfired on him pretty severely, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now, we're, like, as you said, the world used to be so simple, and, you know, now we're thinking about Wilsonian occupationism and, you know, all these different things that are just on our mind all the time. It's, yeah. Actually, no, I just wanted to mention that. Because, uh, I, I mean, do you know who Woodrow Wilson is? Yeah, the, the old guy, he started the United Nations, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, he started the League of Nations. Yeah. In, oh, man, and, and his whole doctrine. Pretty you know, sketchy dude. Pretty sketchy dude, you know, during World War I. Well, well, his whole doctrine, essentially, of, like, um, interventionism, which is, like, you know, everyone should just do what I say. And it's, propped it, like, it, it's essentially led to meetings like these that we're having at the moment. For sure. It's like, it's like, oh, the whole world needs to get together and agree on this specific topic. And if you don't, you, you will, you know, die because you're, you're an enemy to benevolence. Well, and, and literally, like we said earlier today, humanity has a choice, cooperate or perish. Mm. That's, that doesn't sound like a, a statement of, hey, this is a situation as much as it sounds like a threat to me. Mm. It's like, hey, do what we say. I'm the United uh, Nations Secretary General. Do what we say. Humanity has a choice. Cooperate or perish. If you don't do what we say, you will perish. Now, is that saying because of the climate change? Or is he just like throwing that out there? Yeah, that, that's... Do what we say or boom, so the consequences. I believe that's where the tension rises. Like, I, you know, totally from the perspective of like, you know, you should be involved with this. And if not, then the natural consequences that you're going to die because, you know, they're really pushing climate change. But simultaneously, you know, I can definitely see this, something like this becoming authoritarian. <sighs> Absolutely. And yeah, turning into an arm of control. I definitely lean more towards the side of personal liberty. I think uh, it's an America, America. You yeah. know, I mean that, that's true. But no, it's not. That's not just an American thing. There's so many Aussies who are into that as well. Too. I, I think I it's have a, a lot of Aussie friends who live in the outback, and they literally are like, we totally. don't rely on anything but ourselves. Totally, it's no, self reliance. It's I, awesome. I think it's. I think it's actually part of the human condition, like to to want to experience liberty and not be. Uh, a robot have the freedom to choose. I I think that those are absolutely you know human human tendencies that everyone possesses and that are you know but they can be instilled or squashed down depending on your environment. It's it's very interesting that this there was a flow into the cities mm. that actually has stopped. Mm. Uh, a COVID has actually 
reversed some of that flow and actually now there's a flow more to like the suburbs which is the worst because everyone's moving <laughs> to <burbs>. newcastle <laughs> and it's getting more and more expensive because they've all realized it's like the best place to well, live on earth well we do say it's pretty good maybe we should just change the, it's awful here in newcastle yeah. don't come <laughs> don't come don't come that's our that's our new slogan <laughs> that's our new slogan <laughs> you, you it's, won't gonna, like it's it. like don't come to newcastle newcastle's like a, no good stay away and then there's like like a, a wink at the end, you know. <laughs> Don't come, wink, you know. It hey. is it is pretty good. I really love Newcastle. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to do a Bible study? I'm ready. Are I'm, you? I'm, yeah, I am what, actually ready. Where are we going? What are we doing? We are in our 20 million movement Bible study. Mm-hmm. We are studying the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which mm-hmm. is a very central theme to Christianity in general. Absolutely. And what we are studying today is, oh, actually, hold on here, back. I want to go to, this is a little side note here. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay. It's an important one here. Uh, when you are, when you're studying the Bible study movement, the twenty, it's called the 20 million movement Bible mm-hmm. study, right? The thing I really love about this is that there's people all over the world who are studying the same exact thing all the time, right? Mm. And when that does take place, when that does happen, it just kind of feels it feels good to know that you've got other people who are studying the same scriptures and going through this uh, together. So we're in First Corinthians chapter 15, and I'd like you to read verses 5 to 8 for us. The Bible says in First Corinthians 15, 5 to 8, He was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. So this is basically describing how the disciples respond to Mm. Jesus's resurrection. Mm. Now, it's kind of a big deal because to my knowledge, no one has ever resurrected themselves up to this point, mm. if I'm not mistaken. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So let's go back to see how this resurrection took place. If, if you remember correctly, we we had the Roman soldiers that were set mm-hmm. out all about the... Uh, the tomb to seal it up because Jesus had prophesied that he was going to come back mm. uh, to life after three days. Then, uh, you know, the Pharisees are like, hey, we got to put a guard out, uh, make sure this doesn't happen. The thing I love about that story is like, you have the whole guard there and you have demonic forces there as well, too. And all mm. it takes is one angel who's connected to God to come down and then disperse and scatter both demonic forces and Roman soldiers. And I think what's important for us to remember is when one angel is connected to the creator, he is more powerful than the host of demonic forces that Satan can throw because that angel is a representative or an ambassador. We were talking Mm -hmm. about the panda being a representative for Taiwan Mm -hmm, earlier mm -hmm, in the show. mm -hmm. These angels are ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven and they have that connection to the creator that allows them to be um, more powerful yeah. than the host of the demonic forces. Mm. 
So if you go to uh, John chapter uh, 20 as well too, I want to read that as well too because uh, everything that we are going through this morning, we're trying to figure out how this whole empty tomb situation impacted the disciples. So Mm. we can see later on, this is a way in which the disciples have responded to this. But I want to go to John chapter 20, and we'll start in verse 11 here, but I might stop you as you're reading, okay? Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting, one sitting at the head and the other sitting at the foot of the place where the body uh, of Jesus had been laid. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbanai, mm-hmm. which is translated Hebrew for teacher. Just stop right there. Just stop right there. So I find it interesting that when Jesus is resurrected, uh, I've always wondered, like, was he wearing some, like, John Deere overalls or something? Like, why did they think he was the gardener? Mm. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, like, I've always read that part of the story and going, like, okay, he could, he could have been anybody, but Mary thinks he's the gardener? Like, what? did he look like what did he what was he wearing for them to just go to the jump to the conclusion like oh must be a gardener you know mm. but it wasn't until jesus responds to mary in that way that she says you know teacher or rabbi mm. i find it interesting that clearly i don't know how but the resurrected form of jesus was different enough to not be recognized immediately. Mm. But then through conversation, Mary was able to identify that this is Jesus, the rabbi, her rabbi. Yeah. It reminds me of the, the parable, essentially like those who hear my voice, like they will, they will open like Ooh. those, those who follow me, like the, the sheep as well, the sheep who listen to the shepherd, like ultimately, the reason Mary recognizes him is because Mary knows him, even though there is a significant difference in his appearance to the point where she doesn't recognize him. When he speaks, she understands. Sheep know my voice. And we're going to look at the disciples later. It's the same same deal. Same deal for them, too. Initially, upon seeing Jesus, they don't know who he is, but it's when he begins to speak. I find that really interesting. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know who he was if you had not heard him speak before Mm -hmm. in the same way you wouldn't know who god really is his character until you hear him speak through his word Mm. right so if you want to know who the lord is if you want to know god you need to make sure that you're actually looking into who he is according to the word of god according Mm -hmm. to the scriptures because you're not going to recognize him um by listening to someone else talk about him, mm. unless you get to know him for yourself. Yeah. Mary asked the question, where is my Lord? Mm. Like, where where has he been taken? She's looking for Jesus. And I think often in our world, people are looking for Jesus, and that leads them down a lot of different paths in terms of investigating different churches, investigating the Bible and different religions and whatever it may be. And 
I could say wholeheartedly the advice that I would get give anyone who is looking and trying to understand Jesus and who is on that journey. And especially like when considering churches as well, like, oh, which church should I go to? You know, should I go to this church? Should I go to this church? You know, churches have pros and cons and whatnot. Uh, like, you know, different church groups, you know, some people feel like they fit in better in some places than other places, whatever it may be. But essentially, wholeheartedly, my advice to those people is look for where Jesus is. And where is Jesus? Well, those who hear his words, those who preach his words and hear his words and truly and honestly study and understand what the Bible says. Those who endeavor to put the words of the Bible above all else. Mm. When the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. uh, What is, what the writer Paul is getting at is not that, oh, like, you know, uh, we should just believe anything, you know, or we should just have supreme and, and ultimate faith that's based on nothing and anything around us that we look at, you know, we should just ignore for the faith that we have. What he's trying to communicate, we walk in the faith that the Bible has given us. We mm. walk in the faith of Jesus. We walk in truth, true faith. In, that's how God wants us to walk, how, how he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. We walk in that rather than, you know, what we can see to be, oh, maybe this is nice. Oh, maybe that is nice, you know, because our eyes are attracted to good and bad things. One thing I've realized just recently is like you, I know it sounds, this is going to sound bad. You can't be friends with everyone, right? You can't be a friend of God and a friend of the world. There mm-hmm. are there are relationships, situations, uh, connections with people that are exclusionary or they're exclusive. If you choose to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. there's some relationships that you just have to end in your life. There's some relationships that you have to uh, move away from because you can't be everyone's friend i i'm a i'm that guy like i loved i want to be everybody's friend right but i've learned in my journey in my own walk of faith as well too you can't be right mm-hmm. uh, I, I this is gonna sound weird i used to have this rule that if people asked to buy drugs from me i would tell them the gospel of jesus now you might be thinking to yourself like hey i've never like just had random people ask to buy drugs for me well in my experience, it's been a little bit different. Like, mm. literally, I have random people ask me to buy drugs all the time. I don't know why. I just got that kind of look, like the vibe, like, hey, this guy looks like he'll sell me some drugs. And so, like, I was in the grocery store one time in Perth, literally in the grocery aisle. And while I'm getting my food checked out, this guy's asking to buy drugs for me, the guy who works at the place. And I was just like, I don't have drugs. But I'm gonna to have to tell you about Jesus, mm. and then he's like, "What? What?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, like I gotta tell." You. And literally, right there, I even looked at the people behind me. I said, "This is gonna take a little bit of time, so you might want to go to another line." But you can say, "I just have to tell him about Jesus," and it was like this really weird situation. But I had made that deal with God to say, "Hey, come what may, no matter what happens, if someone asks to buy drugs for me, I'm gonna start sharing my testimony and sharing Jesus." So it was kind of like a little deal that I made. But in that process, I've learned that. Not everyone is going to like a person like that. Mm. Like, not everyone is going to be okay with with uh, a person who's just like, hey, let's talk about Jesus right now. And I'm okay with that. I've learned that I'm okay with that. I don't have to be everyone's friend because I'm choosing to be Jesus' friend. Mm. And I'm choosing him to be my friend as well, too. And you look at Jesus' life, not everybody was his friend. 
Mm. Not everybody was excited about what Jesus did or what he said. But the relationships that he did make and the relationships that he did have changed the course of human history. That's right. So I value quality over quantity. Yeah, and this the relationships that he did have, the friendships that he did have, and the words that he spoke, we can see that right after the resurrection. It's Mary standing there as his follower, hearing his voice, hearing him say her name. She knows and understands immediately because she is a friend of Jesus. Yeah, that, that's the point. She would not have recognized him whatsoever if they weren't previously friends mm. to that whole situation. So mm. it's a beautiful idea. It's a beautiful thought. Be a friend of Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have one more quiz question. The final one. The final, the ultimate quiz quiz question. Are you ready? Yeah. I I think I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Let me just stress. This one's actually multiple choice. So Paul said that men who speak lies in hypocrisy have their consciences seared with what? A, a lump of coal. B, a hot iron, C, a fire pot, or D, a lightning bolt. Oh. 0491-064-669, our prizes for today, Advent and Advent for Kids. We'll give you these ones absolutely for free, provided you win the draw, provided you get in to the draw by answering questions correctly. Oh, it's not correctly. free. They got to earn it. But again, that question was, Paul said, men who speak lies in hypocrisy have their consciences seared with what? A- a lump of coal, B, a hot iron, <laughs> C, a fire pot, or D, a lightning bolt. All of those could sear. Yeah. If the lump of coal was on fire. Yeah. But yeah, interesting stuff. 0491-064-669. I want to keep reading. Can you start in verse 17? No. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Jesus said in verse 17, don't cling to me. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them the message. Excellent. So I find this very interesting that there's something along the lines, I, I don't I don't know exactly how this whole system works, but Jesus at some point, explains to Mary, don't touch me, the reason being, I haven't seen my father yet. But what's interesting is later on, when he goes to see the disciples, he lets Thomas feel the holes in his hand and his side and to see the holes in his feet. And he explains to them, I am, you know, flesh, you know, because they eat food together, they spend time together, except, but he's a different form because he just appears in the room mm. with the disciples as well, too. So I don't know, I don't know exactly what happens, and I'm not sure if the scriptures are very clear about that, but there is something different between his interaction with Mary and his interaction with the disciples mm. that happened later on as well, too. Verse 19 goes on to say, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So this is that verse that I was talking about. Mm. So from between these two periods, something happens in between, and Jesus comes and just stands in the midst of them. So he's a body, but he also can 
from what it sounds like, just morph through yeah, walls. That's right. Now, people have said, oh, this will what this will be what we're all like in heaven. Like, we'll all be able to morph through walls. But even, like, if you read the book of Acts and you read about Philip, for example, it says he's caught up, caught up by the Holy Spirit and ended up somewhere else. Like, through the power of the Holy Spirit, there's amazing... Walls mean nothing. Yeah, miracles that can happen. I think Jesus, you know, morphing through this wall and getting in this room and standing in the midst of them is a supernatural miracle from God that, you know, is going on right here. For like, sure. Then we say, when he, when he had said this, peace be with you, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me. I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Which, which actually, I just want to pause here totally reasonable Mm. like that is totally reasonable because and i know that he's called doubting thomas Mm. but that's a reasonable thing i I, I agree it's not illogical to say hey yeah 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 i I need to see this guy Mm. myself and not only do i need to see him i need to make sure that he is the real deal and i want to i want to feel the holes that have been put in his hands and his feet and his side and so I, i feel like thomas gets a bad rap here but yeah Totally I think reasonable. Thomas Thomas is a number of times throughout the Bible like he has those doubting moments and I think that this one is actually probably the most reasonable another one that's reasonable but maybe a little bit less is like when Jesus is like oh let's go to Bethany to see Lazarus now that he's dead and the Jews are worried about him going near Jerusalem because well the disciples sorry are worried about him going near Jerusalem because the Jews want to kill him and then Thomas is like what are we going to go there so we can die as well it's like hey that's a fair concern because right now they're actually trying to kill Jesus. And if you're his follower, <laughs> then you might die too. But at the same time, it's like, but you're also with Jesus. But this one is like totally, totally fair enough. Yeah, it's so fair. Like, I can totally see myself doing the same thing. Like, well, no, you're not going to trick me with some sort of magic hocus pocus thing. Like, I need to know that this is my Jesus. I want to see that mm. he has risen. However, Jesus' response to Thomas's approach does give us an indication that it may not be the best approach, right? Again, after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. So now Thomas is with them eight days later. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. So again, we have the the, four, the, the morph in. And then uh, Jesus says, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, now it's interesting because only through supernatural power would Jesus have even known what Thomas had said. Mm. But nonetheless, then he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I think this story is so important for us Mm. because we're disciples of Jesus. And we have not seen Jesus in the flesh. We have not seen Jesus uh, to with our own eyes as Mm. of yet. Soon we will when he returns. But before that time, 
Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So while Thomas's approach to this whole situation was honestly <laughs> appropriate, mm. right? It was it was a very accurate approach. Jesus is indicating to Thomas and saying, "Blessed are those who do not believe, or blessed are those who do not see and yet have believed." Mm. And that is essentially a blessing upon all of us. Mm. If you believe in Jesus, well, you haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. Shell hasn't seen him. Like we haven't seen Jesus. Maybe you listening, you haven't seen him. But if you believe, you'll be blessed. Mm. The blessing of belief without seeing, that's faith. That's Mm. how we're saved. Mm. And if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, you can have eternal life because that is the gift of the belief in him as your Lord and Savior. Totally. I think what's interesting, though, is that the disciples were satisfied with seeing Jesus initially, right? The rest of them who were there. But then Thomas is like, let me see the holes. Let me see the scar. And and Jesus goes to the extent where he shows. He says, yeah, this, this is it. And then as a result, uh, Thomas believes. And so I think for us, like Jesus is wanting to go to the extent for us to where we could believe him in him. Now, this is the thing. There are some people who are just like, I just want God to come from down from heaven and say, I'm God. Da, 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 da. And I guarantee that that won't change anything. The Bible is actually very, very clear about that. But if you're earnestly seeking God and you're praying, you say, God, reveal yourself to me. Show me that you're really there. He absolutely will. The evidence is abundant. Mm. And you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt, Jesus is real mm. and he loves you and he cares for you. And- you're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we now have answers for our quiz questions. Firstly, when Jesus said to it said to love God with your whole heart, soul, and mind in Matthew 27, 22 and verse 37, he was actually quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. It was Jeremiah who said that the word of God is like fire in his bones. Uh What was the name of the priest that Hannah brought Samuel to? His name was Eli. Okay, this one is awesome. According to Amos, the day of the Lord will be like a man fleeing from a lion only to meet up with a bear. A panda. Talk about being caught in between a gnarly situation. Rock a hard place. Yeah, that's right. You're like like fleeing from a lion only to get met with a bear. Yikes. And then finally here... Uh, oh, I've just, okay. Uh, Paul said that men, that, that men who speak lies in hypocrisy have their consciences seared by a hot iron. Mm. So it's that, that hot iron, it gets in and get, gets Sears them. it up. Sears it up. That's right. But that was the answer to the quiz. Right now it is time for question of the day. Okay, David writes and asks this. I was told that the Bible doesn't say anything much about Jesus' teenage years. If so, why? Well, he's right. The Bible doesn't say much. At the end of Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 49, he has Jesus has just gone to the temple. He's 12 years old. The Bible says uh, that Joseph and Mary were essentially kind of upset, like, hey, And they say, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Jesus in verse 49, Luke chapter 2 says, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? 
Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then in verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth uh, and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The very next chapter in John chapter 3 is, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Ituria, and the region of Trachonitis, <laughs> like Trachonitis, all these things going on and on and on, Jesus is now 30 years old. Mm. So we go from 12, and we go, and then we pick up the story again, in verse, or when he's 30 years old, uh, in the next chapter as well, too. So, yeah, the Bible doesn't say much about what's going on. However, in this one little hint that we have, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men, during this time from 12 to 30, it is seen as a preparation time for his ministry that would really change the course of human history Mm -hmm. and all of history as well, too the cosmic history as well. All that we can discern or decipher about his teenage years is that Jesus did that which was pleasing in the eyes of God and that increased him in favor with men and God as well too. Mm. One, I think one thing that's important for us to remember is the Bible is very clear about what we need to do for salvation. Mm. Very, very clear. The Bible is unclear about things that are unnecessary, which is, and part of that is, understanding what Jesus did from this time to from mm. 12 to 30. And so I think a, a big reason that the Bible doesn't talk about this is because it's actually not necessary for us to know. All that we know is that during that time of preparation, during that time of development and growth, Jesus is doing that which increases his wisdom, his stature, and his favor with both God and man. Mm. And so the lessons that we can learn from Jesus' teenage years is to stay the course. Do that which is required of you uh, that will bring glory and honor to the kingdom of heaven and that will increase your relationships with other people in a way uh, that will reflect well as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. We're here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It talks about how we're ambassadors of heaven. The same way, Jesus was an ambassador in his teenage years, and he did everything that was necessary to increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And that is the lesson that we should take for our teenage years as well, too. If you're a young listener, focus on building the kingdom of heaven. Where no one wants to hear me sing, according to Lawson Walters, because I was singing in the middle of the show, and he has just crushed all of my X Factor dreams gone. Down the drain. I didn't crush your crush your <laughs> dreams. I just adjusted your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's some uh, text messages that we just got in. God gave us freedom. Satan took it away. It's Ooh. called sin with uh, sad face, purple, devilly horn emoji. Uh, excellent emoji there on that one. Agree. Uh, Brayden sent us only emojis, and I'll give it to you here. So it's world explosion hammer new. Second place medal, arrow back, is thumbs up, newspaper, and I think it means the world is going to be destroyed mm-hmm. and then rebuilt brand new at the second com- when the second coming 
when Jesus comes back, and it is good news. Good news, absolutely. Absolutely. George Texas, good morning, team. Upon recently reading all the evidence found in the four Gospels, we discovered as Jesus prophesied himself, Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. Mm. I'm, not afraid, I'm not afraid to say the Messiah, too, was in the grave approximately 72 hours. Incredible. Mm. Eye-opening study after believing otherwise for so long. Truly amazing. Hmm. Interesting. Christopher texts us, in light of the current interview, I agree. In the 80s, when I was at secondary school, our school got computers. I asked if I could do the computer class and was told no, as only the smart kids got to do it. Christopher, you are smart for listening to Faith FM. Don't believe the lies. We think you're very intelligent. And finally, we've got another text here. What can be revealed or discovered when we pray for spiritual discernment and study with belief Mm. in the literal word of God? Wow. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Thank you Absolutely. so much for texting us at Faith FM. Talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.